This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by This Is Not Church podcast and the letter F. And you. (laughs) (laughs) If you've made it this far, my name is Nat Turney, my brother John Turney, and I co-host This Is Not Church, the podcast. And this is sadly the level of discourse that you can expect to find if you tune in every Monday when we drop new episodes. But all joking aside, John and I see this as, a, as an opportunity for us to address issues that we don't think are addressed nearly enough inside of evangelicalism. So LGBTQIA plus issues, BIPOC issues, social justice issues. We like to talk to a broad variety and range of people and really try to find places of commonality for everybody. So check out the podcast. Every Monday, our episodes drop. Wherever you stream podcasts, you can find us. Remember, this is not church. And to that, John says, peace. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. everybody. Welcome back to Apostates Anonymous. This is Matt DiStefano. I'm joined by Keith Giles. As always, we are recording right around Thanksgiving time. This is going to be a, kind of a brief episode today, a special edition. It's the holiday season. Neither Keith or I want to be here. You don't want to be here, so let's get <laughs> on with it real quick. <laughs> oh, come on. No, people... People love new episodes of uh, yes, the do. Apostates Anonymous podcast, and we want to thank yes, you all do. for listening. And again, thank you. Um, Thanksgiving and gratitude. We thought let's just do one on Thanksgiving and gratitude. I just did a thing last night. I spoke at this event. Uh, it was really cool, and so I just talked about gratitude and all that. And uh, so it's on the brain. Uh, it is Thanksgiving. I hope to, hope you're all spending time, taking time to be thankful. And so yeah, we thought we would just take some time to. Uh, talk about Thanksgiving and gratitude and what we're thankful for and all that other good stuff. Yeah, um, with no no advertiser today. Sadly, because this is this is the time yeah. to share with family and friends. That's right. We don't want to, you know, crass marketing. Yes. Cut uh, the corporatism out yes, of your life. Materialism. Yes. You know, let's this is let's just practice this buy nothing thing. You know, mm-hmm. let's just let's just. It's not about spending money and buying stuff. You know. It's about family, being grateful and thankful, being thankful for the things you already have. Yes. Instead of, you know, what's that? There's actually a great little saying I used to have. Um, and I think it might be Socrates. I'm not sure, but it says something like happiness is wanting what you have, not having what you want. In other words, appreciating and enjoying what you already have. Um, Cause they, you know, uh, there, I think this, there's another Socrates one that says something like, um, the one who is not content with what he already has won't be content with what he doesn't have yet. It's like the, another way of saying the same thing. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. And you said and that's I've, Socrates. Uh, I that's think uh, so. outside of the Bible, friend. So it doesn't count. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, the, uh, yeah. If God wanted us to know that he would have put that in the Bible. Yeah. That's right. Well, I always, um, you know, I, 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 I agree that we should be thankful and grateful and appreciative of what we have. 
I do, however, have very strong memories about how much I hated going around the family room of like saying what you're thankful for out loud. Um, probably because I'm an introvert, but I always found that like, there'd be like 20 people there and Matt, what are you thankful for this year? And I'd have to tell everyone. And I was just like, I just felt like that was like contrived. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, it's a good reminder. It's Thanksgiving. Give thanks. It's January. Have some sort of new year's resolution. But I think when it's contrived, like we're doing here on the, on the podcast today, um, it, unless it becomes something that we're like doing all throughout the year, it kind of becomes fake in a way. So I guess this would be a reminder, like to always be thankful, not just sure. the third and fourth week of, of November. Yeah. So let me, I want to say a couple of things about that. I totally agree. And, um, <clears throat> so one thing I talked about in my little thing last night was, um, and it's funny cause I've incorporated this into my square one, uh, courses. So I think it's week, let me see. Week eight. Board. I have Check to look at the board, board to remember. It's week not week eight in square one, and um, for an entire week, uh, we we're, we practice gratitude. And every day there's homework. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a different thing. And the reason we do this is that there's been all this amazing research about. Uh, there's two different studies that were done, one by UCLA, one about one by University of California Davis, specifically about gratitude. And they had groups of people doing exper- you know experiments. They were doing brain imaging. Um, they studied people in these different groups that were either practicing gratitude or not, or even some of them. So like one of the, one of the studies was journal writing. So they had one group of people that would write in journals and they had to write in the journal always about things they were thankful for or write letters, thanking people for like, you know, a family member, a coach, a teacher, you know, someone in their life that had really helped them or blessed them or whatever. And um, they had to write letters like that or, or journal and or journal about things they were grateful for. And then they compared over like, like a year or so. And then so those people in the gratitude group, they went to the, they, they had less uh, heart disease, even if they had a history of heart disease in their family. Um, so it improved their, their physical health, uh, reduced mental illness, thoughts of suicide um, and depression, all these kind of things. Um, and then another, the second study that was done, I think this is the one at UCLA, they literally did brain imaging over people doing uh, practicing gratitude or not. And saw the same thing, that it literally changed the brain chemistry mm. and cre- created all these beautiful things. So it reduces stress and all the, I mean, it's, it's, it, it literally changes you from the inside out, just the act of practicing gratitude. One of the fascinating things they saw, they found about the people who wrote the letters expressing gratitude to people was that the people writing the letters expressing gratitude experienced all of the positive effects of expressing gratitude in their bodies, in their brain, in their heart, and their own, all that stuff. Um, whether or not they mailed the letter, like you don't have to mail it. Mm. You don't have to actually send it or show it to anybody. You just have to take some time to be in the mode of expressing gratitude and automatically all those things start happening. Um, and so it, it just makes sense. I mean, it's like practicing gratitude is good for you. It's, and it does actually change your attitude and your outlook. Um, I know I show you, I, I, it's like saying, you know, I kind of make the case maybe in some ways practicing gratitude not only rewires your brain and changes you from the inside out, it has the potential to change your world and the people around you because that kind of thing can become infectious, right? When you're around someone that's always like really sincerely grateful and thankful, um, they let you know about it, like you like to be around them. They're, they're people like, man, I like, I like this person. There's something about them uh, I really appreciate. And 
So anyway, I think it's just a really good thing. And it's cool to see that there's been some research done to back that up from like a scientific level uh, that practicing gratitude is really good. So yes, you should do it all the time, not just once a year. I think all that stuff is fascinating. Cause then on the flip side, you could say, Oh, um, like not that stress is the opposite of gratitude, but in the way that things affect our bodies that we wouldn't, I mean, we know that stress affects, you know, blood pressure and, yep. um, mood and digestive, um, yep. things. And so it's almost like, wow, all these things that we, um, that we, we would categorize as like a kind of a mental health thing. There isn't this, what was it? Um, like the post Cartesian split where it's like the brain is split from the body. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a misnomer that I think we've found as like, um, this is why, I mean, goodness in America, I don't know how we don't just have health coverage and it covers everything it's almost like oh does it cover mental health well fuck of, of course it should like it's yeah you know, health right? is health yeah. health is health right dental oh well we're gonna cover health but not the teeth or yeah, not the eyes yeah, yeah it's yeah. like you know all this stuff the body is so interconnected and so uh, interrelated mm-hmm. that you can't just parse out like yes you have my, my wife is a gastroenterology nurse but she has to know yeah pulmonology she has to know Psychology, all the systems yeah. are connected. And so, yeah, it would make sense that, you know, stress leads to higher incidence of heart related, uh, you know, trouble, just like being, you know, content and at peace and, yes. and thankful and, and grateful, not fake, not like, no, oh, no. not, 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 not like the not difference between nice and not pretending, fine. but yeah. still, like truly grateful, like, I see the po- I mean I see the positives. I I am grateful for this opportunity or whatever. Like that has a fundamental um positively a positive yeah. impact on your life. Yeah, yeah. And and like you just said the lives of those around you. Because who wants to be someone who's always stressed out and on the verge? I mean it's like you know, way to bring down a room. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is the reason why um I spend like a whole week uh, in square one on this because I what I what I recognized was, um, and you, you've probably seen this, you might, you probably even experienced this. I started noticing that when people initially have their first sort of deconstruction experiences, right. And it's always something different. It could be, you know, everybody starts with something different. You deconstruct the church or the Bible or the end times or the second coming or whatever. Right. Um, but there's usually one thing <clears throat> that you start to question and you start pulling the thread or peeling back the layers. And then you have that, that initial moment of, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they lied to me. They, they, they taught me this stuff and this isn't true. And the Bible doesn't really see, say this or the church yep. didn't really believe this and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And so that's normal. That's a normal reaction. And you all need to have that reaction. I call that like um, detoxing. Mm-hmm. You have to go yeah. through this detox process of like, and, it and sometimes it's violent and it looks, oh, yeah. it looks bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to just, you have to get it out. You have to vent. And actually it's one of the ways you find sort of your new community because you find people that when you vent about it, they nod their head and they go, that's right. That is yeah. stupid. That does suck. And you're, 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 you're right that you see that now. And I see it too. And I know, I remember how I felt when I first found out. Yep. And they're validating all of those emotions and those that's normal and good. And okay, that's right. However, here's what I've noticed. That that initial detoxing process is good and necessary. You have to, your brain, let's think about your brain for a second. Your brain has to be in this mode, this filter of looking at what's wrong with something. 
to, to examine something critically and say, that's bullshit, that's wrong, that, that's what's wrong with this teaching or this doctrine or this system, right? And you can't deconstruct if you don't have that filter. So again, it's necessary and important. The problem with having that filter of only paying attention to what's wrong and broken with something is that it's really tough to get out of that mode. And I know so many people that are still, years later, they're still angry and venting and upset and triggered, and they cannot break out of this, I call it like this detox loop of just, and I see it, by the way, I see it in a lot of Facebook groups that are deconstruction focused, where all anybody ever wants to do is rant and rave and scream and yell and vent and be angry and upset. Cause, I mean, they could have deconstructed years ago, and they are as angry now, maybe more angry than they were in the beginning. And so to me, uh, beyond a couple of months, maybe a year or yeah, so. You get a couple of months. That's all you get. Yeah. You you should just be able to say, okay, yeah, that was wrong. That was, that was bullshit. But hey, now that I don't believe that anymore, now that I've walked away from that way of thinking and being, and now I'm a different person and I don't believe that and I believe something that's much, much better, when am I going to en- enjoy the fruit of that, of living out of that place? So in other words... So many, so many times we allow that negative thing to control us to the point where you might as well go back to that church because you're still there. Your mind is still there. You've never left. You're still pissed off. And so um, one of the things I found that, that rewires your brain away from that always looking at everything through the negative filter of what's wrong with it and why it's broken is this, this thing of practicing gratitude. Because what it does is that it, it allows you to look at your life and look at the world through a, a positive filter, a, a, a gratitude filter, if you will, that literally allows you to see the good in everything, even if the thing was bad. Okay. And it's not, again, it's not like throwing a switch where you never again look at something critically or you're never again upset about something that's bullshit because we are humans. And of course you're, we're always going to flip back and forth, but what, what, by learning how to, um, these different tools to learn how to switch. In other words, you now learn how, if you catch yourself in this negative feedback loop or like you can't get out of it, um, what we talk about in the classes, these are things you can do to break out of it where you now are in control of it. And if you can't break out of it, here's how you will. Here's, mm-hmm. here's something you can do to help you sort of switch that filter, flip that switch. And now you can, um, but, and again, it's, basically by practicing this gratitude and at these different um, things that we go through in the, in the class, different techniques you can use that allow you then to say, again, your situation hasn't changed. And, and of course the, those doctrines are still being taught and that church you left still teaches that. And the pastor still believes that and all that stuff. People are still calling you a heretic and all that. And so the, the situations haven't changed, um, but you're able to look at it from a situation, from, from a filter or perspective where, Yes, it's still bad, and yes, it's still stupid, and it's it sucks and all that. But you can now let go of that and kind of transition into focusing on the good and living out of the good of that to say, yeah, that was stupid and that was painful, but you know what? I'm so thankful that I went through it because I never would have met all these friends that also have deconstructed. Now I have a new community of people, or I'm so grateful that now I do know the truth, so now I'm not being controlled by that, and I can walk in this different way. and um, and so, anyway, so one of the things we do is um, I walk them through these things where uh, I give them homework, right? So Monday, 
they have to write a letter to someone again, like, like in that study, think of someone in your life, a coach, a teacher, a grandparent, a friend, someone in your life that you really are grateful for their, the impact they made in your life and write them a letter. You don't have to mail it. They could be dead. doesn't matter. Uh, but sit down and write the letter. And then the second day, um, set your alarm and every hour when the alarm goes off, write down one thing you're thankful for. It can be, it can be silly coffee, you know, indoor plumbing, <laughs> doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. My mom, whatever, anyway, rain, chocolate, anything. But, but by going through an hour every single day, all day long, it forces you to stop and for a second say, wow, what am I grateful for right now? Um, and then like the next day, there's, you know, there's all these things I ask them to do and different things every day for a week. But so at the end of that week, when you have literally, uh, been practicing gratitude six different ways all week long, then we have a zoom call and I'm telling you, man, they're like different people. It like, literally they're like, oh my gosh, this is really helpful. Like, man, I feel like a, a new person now I can, I, I mean, again, all the shit in my life is still bad. All the stuff that happened still sucks. But man, I I can I have a different outlook now. I have a different perspective, and I feel better. And I feel like this weight is lifted, right? Um, and so that's been really cool. I I love that. That's my favorite week of Square One is when we go through that rewiring your brain thing, and we practice gratitude for a week, and I get to see how it literally changes people. It's really cool. Yeah, and going back to only being allowed a couple months to be angry at deconstruction. That's just a joke, people. Yes. Um, <laughs> these things take how long they take. That's I think right. I think the point, though, is that at some point, I mean, I'm still like on the cusp of that. I'm technically a millennial, but I'm right there on the cusp of the Gen X. So we still have that sort of like, all right, enough's enough. Get your ass up. Go fucking back to work. Pull yourself up. Quit being a Debbie Downer. Like I still have. I mean, I'm right on the edge. Sure. Um, so but but there is some of that because it's like it takes as long as it takes. The grief cycle takes as long as it takes. That's and right. as Michelle Collins has, you know, points out in her book, Into the Gray, like, this deconstruction cycle models the the grief cycle. I mean, it's very right. much linked up. Yes, and that's you are, talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. You're losing your community. You're losing your beliefs, yeah. your worldview, your identity. Yeah, like, there's going to be some grief to that. There's loss. Um, and by the way, real quick, in that grief cycle too, it's not a sequential thing where it's like, not. oh, now I. You could right. easily wake up tomorrow and be back at number one, right? Sure. You, people bounce around yeah. like a ping pong ball in that little trough. Yeah. So it's not it's not sequential, and it's not like you never go back. Years later, I'm still like, there's things that piss me off about the church or, I'll, you know, I mean, it's like, oh, I deconstructed 10 years ago from the church and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but still you, you can, you, you're still on that. You, you could be great. You could be grateful and have gratitude all the time. And then there's still those triggers. And so that, that's all I want to clarify is, um, yes, yes. you know, it, this t- thing takes the, the there's time not, it takes. There's not like a, it, like a set time limit where, okay, beyond this point, right, you're done. Yeah. You, you're no longer allowed to be outraged or angry. But there is something about like, okay. Okay, are you okay? I get all that. I understand where you're coming from, but do you want to be pissed off the rest of your life? Right, exactly. Because <laughs> you, you only, I mean, if you want to be and that's the way you're going to be, then then fine. I'm not going to shame right. you for it. Right. But is that what you really want? Do you really want to be pissed off all the time? Because I had some, you know, there's times where I was pissed off and like, not just pissed off, we all get pissed off, but I mean like angry. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I angry? Oh, you're yeah. just angry. And it's yeah. like, okay, I have to deal with that because I don't want to be that the rest of my life. Right. And I don't so now want that's, to yeah. be that person. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. And so the the <clears throat> like one of the main points I try to make too in square one is that um, the deconstruction process quite often people feel out of control, right? Um, I mean, I've, I've had flat flat out people ask me when does it end, which 
you know, betrays the fact that they don't feel like they're in control of it. Like it's happening to me. I'm some, I got locked into this roller coaster and it's going up and down and left and right and upside down and flip me around. And yeah. like, and they're like, Hey, when does it stop? Right. Um, because deconstruction, again, it's like something that you, you're out of control. It's just like, Oh my gosh, I asked one question. Now I got 20 questions and my world's upside down. And Oh my gosh, what, what do I do about this? So whereas deconstruction quite often is something that people would say, like, you feel like it's something that happened to you and you were not in control of it. Reconstruction is a car and you have a key and it it doesn't go anywhere unless you open the door, sit down, put a key in the ignition, start the car, put it in drive and go somewhere. So reconstruction is a hundred percent. It's up to you. You're driving that thing and it will go where and when and how quickly you decide it will. And so, um, so that's, I guess the good news deconstruction sort of happens to you and you're out of control. Reconstruction is you're hundred percent control. And part of that being in control is learning how, like you were saying, do you, are you tired of being angry all the time? Well, then I just want to show you, you can change that. Here's how take you pro- can, yeah, take yes. proactive steps. Yes. Yeah. Here's things you can do that you get to say, you know, I don't want to be angry anymore. Right. Or I don't want to hold this grudge anymore. Like, so I, we also spend time on forgiveness and things like this and what that is and what it isn't. Um, it, and, and anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, it's just like trying to give people tools to say, you're in control of this thing. you you get to decide where your spiritual life and the faith you know, journey is going. And, and I don't know about you. I, I want it to go somewhere where I'm not angry all the time. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm not still being controlled by those people and those doctrines and thoughts that I've let go of. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just like ho- giving people those tools so that they can, uh, get set free from that if they want to. And again, it's, it's so they not can be a, all set free, all set free. Someone should write a book about that. So one of the, real quick, one of the things I, I know this is a short episode and I, we're taking up a lot of time on this, but, uh, one of the other things I talked about, um, would you like some playoff music? I can find some. <laughs> no, this is really cool though. I think for Thanksgiving, this, this is a cool idea. Um, uh, so my, our family has been doing this now for a couple of years, like maybe like five or six years at least, maybe more. Anyway, but but every but we do this where we we have a we call it a jar of remembrance, right? And it's a it's a basically I have a little candy jar, and um, anytime all during the year, anytime something really cool happens, something we're thankful for, right? We write it down, and we put a little piece of paper, put the date, you know, in April this thing happened. It was really cool. Fold it up, put it in the put it in the jar. And so all of us are doing that all year long. Anything cool, something cool happens, we write it down, put it in the jar. And then uh, at the end of the year, oh, well, on New Year's Eve, the part of our tradition is New Year's Eve, we sit down at the kitchen table, we put the jar there, we open it up, and we take turns going around the table, pulling out a piece of paper, and just reading like so things that have happened in the past year that have been really awesome, right? And it's like a, this opportunity to experience gratitude, to express gratitude, to a lot. And man, there's so many t- things that I've forgotten by the end of the year. I'm like, I read the paper, I'm like, oh, that's, oh, I forgot all about that. That was, yeah, that was really cool, you know? And it's this beautiful way to sort of end the year by looking back and reflecting back on all these wonderful things that we have to be thankful for and grateful for. Um, and then, you know, January 1st, there's an empty jar sitting there and then we start filling it up again. And that's also just been really, really awesome. We love doing that. That's become something we look forward to every year. So it's another way you can practice gratitude all year long and kind of celebrate it at the end of the year. That's a cool tradition, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I um, 
maybe I'll shift gears and become a little less, uh, a little more literal and a little less like esoteric and just like give shout outs to the people I'm thankful for. There we I go. think this has been a, um, one of the weirder years of my life, um, with, with coming out and then having the fallout with my wife's family. Yeah. It's been a very strange year personally. Um, and then also, you know, professionally taking over choir publishing now, now we're kind of wrapping that transition up and it's going to be like, all right, boys, here's the keys to the car. Don't, <laughs> don't fucking crash this don't thing. Don't drive it into the ditch. Yeah. And we're like, well, do our best. I don't know. Um, so that's been so like huge shout out. I mean, like obvious shout out to my, my wife and my daughter. Um, and then Ralph and Taylor, yeah. uh, who started a wonderful company had a vision made it go for seven years and now um are passing it off but you know will remain in our lives and so super thankful for them um thankful for everyone involved in the heretic happy hour even jamal and derek who decided to abandon us um <laughs> no i mean life life moves people on sometimes and, and sure. that's fine um and that you know so you know katie and shonda in december like it's been a blast um, and then everyone who's come on the show and made the show wonderful, all of our guests, I won't name them because there's too many and you can just listen to the show. Yeah. Um, and then all of the choir authors, like, I th I think for, I mean, I've published with choir, I've published with Wiffenstock. Choir is obviously smaller and much more personal. So getting to know the authors who published with us during the transition as we were figuring things out, um, Dan Henderson, Daryl Epp. Uh, Maria Francesca French, um, Eric English, Eric English, uh, Jason and Brandy Elam, yeah, um, Brian Woodson. Am I missing any? Probably. If I am, you know, there's a lot more coming down the pike. Yes, we need more um, coming. Yeah, so like th a, a huge shout out to them for being patient with us, and um, you know, understanding that it's not going to go 100% smoothly all the time when you're, you know, basically learning an entire new study whatever you're doing because yes. writing a book is a lot different than publishing a book yeah writing oh. a book is oh how do you want me to format my manuscript right 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 here you go yep. make it happen make it make it a book <laughs> yes and please. now it's like okay there's about ten thousand more steps that, uh -huh. like writing the book is just the start like authors you need yes. to realize publishing a book is a different beast we are we're um, learning that yes we are yes no one wants to read uh something that looks like a microsoft word document like that's yeah. not a book so that's right um, it's been fun and a challenge. So to everyone who is involved in that shout out, thank you. And I think that's enough for me. I'm blabbering now. No, no, you're doing good. Um, I was, as you were talking, I was, I went back and looked and cause I had to look it up, but, um, in January of this year, uh, specifically January the 11th, uh, we, we relaunched this podcast. Oh, Okay. So we have been going almost exactly a year and uh feels like 10. Uh <laughs> I'm very I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that you asked me to 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 uh co-host this with you and bring this back. Cuz I've had so much fun, man. This podcast yeah, has been a blast. Uh I really yeah. love it. And so I'm yeah, I'm very thankful. Thank you for uh kind of resurrecting Apostates Anonymous. Uh I love I've had so much fun coming up with these ads and sponsors and stuff. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Mhm. Mm um so I'm really thankful for that. I'm really thankful, of course, um, for choir and Ralph and Taylor and uh, number one, just publishing my books. I mean, I 
that was one of the things I was always like really amazed for. And I was continually thankful for was like, I have a publisher. I remember just like sometimes literally stopping and going, I have a publisher. Like, that's crazy to me. Like, I, that's really awesome to say, I can just write a book and send it to my publisher and my publisher will say, okay, sure. Let's publish this book. Um, and sometimes even Ralph would come to me and say, Hey Keith, you need to write this book. Like, you know what I mean? So it was, it was a back and forth kind of a collaboration thing. So very grateful for choir for publishing my books and believing in me and all that stuff. Thank you so much. Um, and then believing in you and I enough to say, Hey, would you like to run this thing going forward? That's huge. And very mm -hmm. excited about the future for that. So very grateful for that. And of course, Heretic Happy Hour. I mean, love that podcast. Can't believe it's still going. Uh, you know, never intended it. Never, I never envisioned that it would still be going and it would gone, have gone through so many different growth patterns as it has, but it's been great. Um, and that we'd be moving on to our second half million approaching, a, you know, yeah, a, a half, approaching a million downloads, you know, in the yeah, next yeah, that's uh, hopefully crazy, a couple of years. Man. So cool. Um, really grateful that I had a chance a couple of times this year to, to travel and speak at different events and get to meet a bunch of people. That was really cool. I hope to do more of that uh, in the year ahead. <clears throat> so, but, you know, grateful for what I was able to do and um, people that invited me and the people I got to meet and all that. That was great. Well, what else? Of course, my family, um, my amazing wife, my amazing kids, um, my mom, you know, just like I I'm very grateful. I, I feel very, very Wendy and I have this have this saying. I think I've said this before, but Wendy and I will quite often will say uh, we are rich in all of the things that matter. And what we mean is, you know, family, right? We're rich in, we have amazing kids. We have amazing family. We're happy. We have a great marriage. Um, you know, we have a roof over our head. You know, we have food in the, in the fridge. I mean, like the basics, right? We're, we're good. We're doing good. We're rich in all those things that really matter. Friends, friendships and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's amazing. Like we just stop and think, well, I'm rich in all the things that matter. And a whole lot of stuff that doesn't matter <laughs> like above and beyond those things that matter. We're actually pretty doing pretty good in those areas too. I mean, again, not quote unquote rich, but above and beyond the things that matter, we actually have, you know, there's extra and that's really, really cool. And I'm very, very thankful, very grateful for that too. And, um, I'd say also just a quick shout out, like something that really means a lot to me. I want to thank everybody, all of the people who read book, read, read our books, read our blogs, listen to our podcasts, um, that take the time to say so, whether that's mm -hmm. uh, an email or a shout out or tag on a social media post because you share something and you're like, man, this book changed my life or this blog post is really cool or I really love this episode of this podcast. Check it out. Uh, you know, any of those ways and all the many ways that so many people um, have gone out of their way to take the time to just say so, to just say, Hey, I want you to know, Keith, I, I read this book or your book and it really helped me. Or I, I listened to that podcast and it really opened my eyes or whatever. Like that means a lot, man. It really does. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the things that helps us all keep going and keep doing it. Right. Cause mm -hmm. if you didn't get those kind of messages, if we were doing this in a vacuum after We'd a while, it'd be like, long ago. Does yep. anybody care? Is anyone yep. paying? Do, do, is anyone <laughs> paying attention to the fact that we're spending all this time and energy doing this stuff? Mm -hmm. So the fact that even one or two people a week take their time to do that it it means so much, and I'm very very grateful because I probably would have given up writing and blogging and podcasting a long time ago. 
So thank yeah, you. for for sure. Yeah. So thank you to all the people who are listening, who have rated, reviewed, reached out. Um, it is super awesome. If you haven't done so yet, you know, it would be nice if 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 this show has helped you, um, mm-hmm. if you've enjoyed it, if it's entertained you, uh, give us a rating and a review and show us that you're thankful for it. Um, that would be cool. Rate yep. us and review us on iTunes. And share it too. You know what? Share I think it. it's really cool. Yeah. It means a lot if somebody says, hey, you know what? This episode uh, really blew my mind, changed yeah. my mind. Please do. Or made me laugh or whatever. You know what I mean? Just a, little, a quick little share on Facebook or Twitter or something. Yep. Um, believe it or and not, if you're not, it goes a long And way. if you're not comfortable doing that on your own page, if you're in a group that's a good place for you to do that, do yep. that. Um, you know, whatever you can do to help, that's that's always helpful for those of us who create shit. Yep. That's that right. creates shit, not create shit, but create shit. <laughs> well, we all create shit. Yes, we do. We are shit manufacturers. <laughs> shit the factories. importing and exporting of shit. We're all, we're all shit factories. Exactly. <laughs> portable, portable shit factories. Yeah, <laughs> we should we should start a new podcast called Portable Shit. Portable factories. Shit Factory. That's right. A story of being human. Or oh, that could be like a cool a cool name for a punk rock band. Portable shit factories. <laughs> portable yeah. shit factory. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> who wants to? Who wants to get their p- punk rock on? You know what? Make stickers and T-shirts, and I mean, come on, people would love that. We should just do a. We we should become a punk band called that, but then never release music, just the merch. That's right. We'll just release the merch. That's right. And then, um, but you know, you'd have to you'd have to make it PSF, right? You couldn't yeah. you couldn't probably say Portable yeah. Ship Factory, but people would know what you mean. PSF, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There well. you go. Some ideas are better than others. That one's not a good one. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Appreciate it. Keith, thank you. Appreciate you. Yep. Same, um, same here, Matt. Yeah. Shout out to everyone, including I forgot my parents. Shout out to my mom and my stepdad. Yeah. Not shout out to my real dad. Okay. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, no, I'm thankful for, for him giving me tough skin. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So you and can life. find- he, you he, can, he gave you life. I, there you go. He, yes. Biologically speaking, this is indeed true. That's true. Um, he's like the pro-life movement. Once you're born. <laughs> Self-burn. Um, all right. Love y'all. See you in a yep. couple of weeks. Have a good Thanksgiving. Yep. Catch you on the flip. Later.